Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. the bar come on and pull up a seat and open up your bible what a wonderful feast the living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets the inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet this is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news in light of the scripture we are here to serve you we're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces this is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it and this is for the truth lovers biblically performing preaching christ to the nations yeah welcome to the of reformation yeah the bar biblical and reformed welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy Dwayne in the building right back in here another week another tuesday it is november and this is our rts month been so excited to have on different uh guests uh as part of the faculty and staff and uh, super excited. Actually, this this excitement uh, expands past RTS. I've uh, been uh, checking this couple out. I'll say dynamic couple for a while and definitely blessed to have them on the show. We have Mr. Carl and Karen Ellis. How are you guys? Just doing great. How are you doing, Dwayne? Uh, wonderful. Glad to be here. We're yeah, just, uh, we're, you we're... caught us on a day of, day of domesticity. Oh, so we're nice. just... <laughs> <laughs> Catching up on laundry and that's changing right. changing doorknobs. That's right. <laughs> Literally. Nice. Some towels in the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. That's so awesome. But I'm you know, I, I think my listeners are gonna really appreciate a peek inside of the the Ellis home putting on doorknobs and folding towels. I think they'll really appreciate that. <laughs> Who do you think was doing which job? That's the question. Yeah, that's, well, that's a great, yeah, right. <laughs> well, look, I'll, I'll guess uh, just because you posed the question, Miss Karen. I think you might have been putting the doorknob on. That's about <laughs> that's right. About- that's just about right. <laughs> <laughs> she attempted. She attempted. I did. I got. I got to the middle part, and I was like, "What is this direction?" I'm <laughs> <laughs> That is so awesome. So, so awesome, man. So uh, to, to kick things off, I mean, if, if they're not welcome by now, I'm, I mean, I don't know who, to, you know, who I'm talking to. But to kick things off, uh, I want to let you guys uh, introduce yourselves. Uh, of course, ladies first, uh, introduce who you are and and uh, any personal you want to uh, put out there. And then we'll jump right to you, Mr. Carl, just piggyback right off over. All right. Well, ladies first, thank you so much. Um, I am Karen Ellis. I'm uh, since it's RTS week, I'll kick off with what I'm doing at RTS. I am a research fellow 
with them and um, that affords me the opportunity to study and also uh, teach about what I'm studying and write uh, articles about what I'm studying. I'm working on a PhD at Oxford Center for Mission Studies and uh, doing missiology, trying to collect and draft and have other African Americans become missiologists, uh, which is different from being a missionary, very and um, yeah, on the personal side, I married my husband and married two kids, two fantastic kids who then married two fantastic people on their own. And so I've got four kids now, and I love them very much. And one little grandbaby who's finally growing hair. Really? The age of <laughs> we were concerned. Yeah. We were concerned. But um, she's finally decided to start growing some hair. And uh, at three, she's walking around and um, we're trying to get it into a, a couple of puffs. And she's becoming quite, quite precocious. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she really is. Well, uh, yeah, I'm a provost professor uh, of uh, theology and culture at uh, RTS, uh, which means that I'm not confined to one particular campus, but I'll be on all nine of them uh, from time to time, not all at the same time. Uh, yeah. You mean you're not omnipresent? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't quite, I haven't quite mastered that technique. Well, yet. I know when you do, because we can make a fortune. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, also with RTS, uh, heading up the African American Leadership Institute. And on top of that, I am special assistant to the chancellor, who's over all the campuses. I advise him and and uh, do kind of things for him that he can't do. That that's kind of what I do. Nice, nice. Yeah, we we actually already interviewed uh uh Lincoln Duncan and uh she'll probably uh preceded this one uh because we are recording this early. But um definitely that that is so awesome uh to hear. Uh so exciting um that you guys are kind of kind of working in the same space. And yeah, um I, I bet that's definitely a blessing. So uh my, my first question uh to you, Miss Karen. Uh, you, you talked about, um, you know, uh, research and things like that as far as, you know, your, your job there. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, I guess some of the things you will be, you know, researching or, or I mean, if it's like a focus uh, as that go. Yeah, I am uh, looking in my Ph.D. research. I'm looking at uh, the intersection between the African-American experience and the persecuted church. And I don't think that's any surprise to anybody who follows my timeline. Um, I also work with a Swiss organization. I've been with them for about 15 years. Um, they're called International Christian Response, and they have offices all over the world. And what we do is we assist church planters in hostile regions where Western missionaries can't go. And so we do everything from legal aid to support to uh, church planting resources to education to all the way to taking care of uh, families who um, the major breadwinner has been martyred. Mm. Uh, so we do a lot of uh, we do a lot of work across the spectrum, and um, I, I guess I'm drawn to that because I look at the legislation um, that was drafted for you know since 16, 1620, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in terms of religious freedom against African Americans and uh, those who were sympathetic to them and how they wanted to worship and how they wanted to be free to worship. And so I see those parallels and um, I'm just trying to draw some conclusions um, based on our experience and what I see in the field today. Nice. That's, that's awesome. Um, mm -hmm. 
I really, uh, you know, that, that kind of grabs my attention because of, you know, just the whole fact of so many uh, things are coming against African-Americans and Christianity, you know, kind of turning them. And so it's really good to know somebody's actually digging in and, and, and getting the real truth and not some of this fake news or uh, YouTube uh, scholarship that I'd be seeing online. So that's, that's definitely encouraging. Yeah, I was just talking with a friend today about, I was like, you know, I said, we, if we're not careful, we start treating tweets like we do, uh, like people do fortune cookies. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a short, pithy set. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not necessarily right. true. But you know how people save fortune cookie messages and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, look at them. I'm like, man, you really going to hang your whole life on that fortune cookie message that was mass produced <laughs> in the factory? And you have trouble believing that I believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> That's Go so with your cookie then. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. Yeah, but it's so true. It is so so true. Uh so so Carl, uh if let's talk about uh let, let's let's rewind some um because I'm I'm actually kind of new to the reform uh ideology. And uh when I started getting in, um a lot of people pointed me to some of your blogs and you know some of the things you were doing. Uh, talk about, I guess, the progression you may have seen in the African-American community as far as, you know, uh, people uh, coming more around to the reformed faith or the reform ideology. Well, I think I think what's attracted African-Americans to it uh, is the same thing that attracted us to it uh, centuries ago. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. first of all, reformed theology is very robust. It, it, it emphasizes the, the, the sovereignty of God. Uh, I mean, imagine, uh, you know, here you are a slave and you're being oppressed. I mean, if God isn't sovereign, then you're in trouble. You know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why the slaves look forward to the judgment day, because they knew that God was going to fix it because he was sovereign. Mm, that would know? be justice. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think uh, uh, Reformed theology, uh, it does answer a lot of questions. It, uh, it, it Like I said, it's very robust. And uh, uh, the only thing, the shortcoming, though, is that it's a, it's a, it's a uh, formula that I use a lot. There's like the A side of theology and the B side. Uh, the A side deals with what we should know about God. The B side deals with how we should obey God. Mm-hmm. And so the Reformed community has been much stronger, you know, historically, the Reformed community has been much stronger on the A side than the B side. But African Americans, we've come along, and of course, our theological heritage is more on the B side. We we tend to, to deal with that aspect a lot. And, and But what's happening is that the two sides have a lot of uh, interface, you know, they have a lot of common content, but mm-hmm. but even with the weakness of it, African Americans are seeing how it does address our real issues, and 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 the, the the yearning is then if it does so well here, then why not? Why can't it do so well? You know, how how can it do well in our in our context? And I do my writing and speaking around just that. How does this then apply to our situation in our context? And uh, people get kind of fascinated by that. So, yeah, it's, I think it's a very attractive theology because of its robustness. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, just because of, you know, my background, like I said, it was very, very shallow, very emotional, you know, I guess driven or whatever. And when I found, you know, uh, Reformed theology, uh, it, 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 I guess it let me dive even deeper and things that I had questions about. Uh, so definitely, definitely agree with that. Uh, so back to you, Miss Karen. Um, uh, as far as being, 
you know, you know, everybody here is black and everybody knows the bar, whatever. We almost call this uh, black and reform, but it changed our mind. Uh, <laughs> we made it biblical. <laughs> but 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 let's talk about the the woman's aspect or the woman's perspective uh, of the movement, because uh, that's something I'm noticing, you know, not only in the African-American community when it comes to women, but also uh, in, in, in all other races. Uh, let's talk about, I guess. Uh, your view on it and how uh, it may have shaped some things in your life. And then also, you know, for someone that may be listening, that's, that's a woman that may be kind of trying to figure out which way to go or their role or even how to function in it. I know it's kind of broad, but I, I think you, you wouldn't have a problem handling that. Well, um, I think that a lot of good people differ on these issues um, and there's a wide range of thought obviously on the issues, you know, within the, the discourse of what we can agree on and still work together. I would have to say that one of the things that has challenged um, a lot of what I hold, have, you know, previously held uh, to believe about women's roles is actually working in the underground, mm. uh, an all hands on deck type situation. And, uh, you know, I work with people where there are Priscilla's and Aquila's. I work with in situations where, um, you know, Aquila is no more. And Priscilla has taken over uh, <laughs> to keep it going. Um, and that's her call. And I have, uh, you know, I've worked with, I think that, you know, <laughs> I would say that there are probably, uh, there's probably some truth. Carl and I talk about this a lot. There's probably some truth to the fact that there are a lot of women in the West who are not called to necessarily to be pastors or leaders of churches. But I think personally, there are a whole lot of men. Mm. that are not called to be pastors and leaders. Agreed, agreed. Hey, come on, right? <laughs> and so, um, so oh, I, you know, the, the, the underground world challenges a lot, not just the women's issue, but it challenges a lot of categories that I don't, I, I, some things, I, as much as I love systematic theology, there are some things that, happens in that, that happen in that world that I just don't have boxes for. Mm-hmm. As much as I would like to put them in nice, tidy, neat little boxes, I cannot explain to a hyper-complementarian why the most significant movers and shakers are women who have responded to the call and to Christ uh, in Iran. And mm-hmm. they are the ones who are currently building the churches and building and, and raising up uh, Timothy's, you know, mothers and grandmothers who have no, there's, there's, there's no spouse around um, for whatever reason. Um, and when you start to talk to people like, uh, who witness these things like Dr. Harmo Shariat in Iran, you know, he says that there are a lot of things that you really have to hold loosely. So my opinion is probably a lot more loose. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of other, I tend to go more on a case by case basis. Um, I have found, I think I found, uh, places, I certainly am in a church that supports, the theological work that I do, the research that I do. I'm certainly married to a man who does. Um, we enjoy having a partnership Amen. Uh, in the work that we do. And uh, we definitely sharpen and refine each other. And so I'm, my prayer is to raise up more people in more situations where they can find that kind of uh, freedom mm-hmm. in, uh, within the bounds of you know, what, scripture, what scripture teaches. Um, Knowing that there are some things outside of those boxes and some situations outside of those boxes where God is going to move in ways that we don't understand. We just, I can't put him in a box and say necessarily, 
this is how he's going to move in every situation. Um, right. I think interesting too, that the churches in Iran are incredibly alive. Um, there's, there's just stuff going on in the, in the Chinese underground, you know, church planters, female church planters, single women who have planted two and 300 churches. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's uncanny. So I can't, I can't restrict God in saying he is going to do it this way every time. Uh, I wouldn't be that bold. Um, he's given us, he's given us some, some, uh, guidelines, but um, I'm not going to restrict him and say that it's going to be inside these boxes and inside these lines. Wow. That's really good. I, I, I definitely uh, appreciate that. Uh, that view of it and, and definitely accept it because like I said, you know, a lot of times we take the perspective of America and, you know, make that for everyone, but, you know, in cases where, you know, it, it has to be a woman doing it, you know, I definitely, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and I hope that benefits some of the listeners. All right, Dr. Ellis, I'm gonna call you doctor this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is more of a, a practical one because I do have a lot of local pastors that, um, that listen, um, and, and tune into the bar. Um, let, let's talk about, I guess, uh, between balancing, you know, and, and I know you probably have a little bit more freedom now, but, uh, probably early on you, yeah, you, you you had to figure a way to balance, you know, being a professor or, you know, being working at a seminary and uh, actually doing local ministry. Um, let's talk about that balance and, and, you know, some of the things that helped you during that time period to to make sure that you're not neglecting one over the other. Yeah, that's uh, that's always a, a challenge to, to have that balance. Um I uh, I am not comfortable if I have both feet in the academic world because I get I, I I know that I tend to get all caught up in the ivory tower and the abstract ideas. I love that. Mm-hmm. I have to all dealing with real people and I, change doorknobs exactly <laughs> and, <laughs> and put and That's put right. towels in the dryer. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I um I find I have found that uh, what's happened in my ministry is that I've kind of be, kind of. Uh, emerged kind of as a pastor to pastors. I mean, I got mm-hmm. pastors, you know, I pastor and advise guys all over the country. And uh, I, I, I kind of like that. I mean, I do have a pastor's heart. And that's the mm-hmm. other thing, too. I don't want to just just be a scholar, but I want to I want to actually deal with people in concrete situations. And I want to place myself there. So uh, it forces me to actually read my Bible and do theology that's appropriate to the situation. That's kind of how I keep my balance. Sometimes, um, sometimes I'm everywhere but Chattanooga, and other times mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Chattanooga only. You know, mm-hmm. it just those uh, it fluctuates that way. And uh, but I think overall, I think the balance has uh, worked out uh, fairly well. Nice. Uh, I love people, and I love to, uh, and I love I love God's word, and I love to see uh, Christians uh, flourish, especially Christian leaders like pastors. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Wow, that's cool. Uh, Right here, we're going to take a a quick break, and we'll be right back. What's up, bar folks? It's your boy, Dwayne. Got a special announcement. Notice how you're listening. Notice how I have your attention right now. Just think, if you have a product or a podcast or want to announce something or even a conference you're hosting, right here in this space could belong to you. Right here in the middle of a podcast, having someone's attention literally all over the world. Hit us up at the bar podcast. 21 at gmail.com for your opportunity to advertise on our podcast. God bless. 
All right, we're back. It's the bar, man, and I'm crazy excited in my closet slash studio talking with the Ellis's. Definitely uh, a privilege, and it's been fun. And we talked about towels and doorknobs and third world <laughs> countries, and you know, church. It's been it's been a blast. Uh, definitely, definitely a, a great time with you two. Um, I'm gonna come right back to you, Dr. Ellis, and then we're gonna uh, go to. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I'm actually gonna get you both to answer this question. Um, oh. And uh, I, I guess I'll start with you, Miss Karen. Um, oh. First, let, let's talk about uh, what we see currently, as and and it's mainly on social media as far as the divide in the uh, the the African American community, and, and it, it, ironically, it's under reform, you know, uh, umbrella, you know, where some are uh, mostly, you know, social strong or social justice poor, and then others that are uh, passive or you know, uh, just the gospel. Uh, just talk about what you noticed, what you observe, and then kind of your take. And then, uh, Dr. Ellis, you can just piggyback or y'all can just kind of throw it back and forth. Uh, just want to hear you guys side on that, because I know a lot of people, uh, look to you, you both, uh, I, I could say from both camps, uh, quote unquote, airfinger quotes. Uh, so if you always want to kind of talk about that a little bit. I think where our heart has been, um, inclined and even more and more as the conversations continue to happen, is that we've been wanting to develop leaders who are what we would call transcendent thinkers, um, mm -hmm. people who are able to tell the truth and uh, be willing to be put in a position where they are misunderstood um, or even misinterpreted by either side mm -hmm. of any argument. Um, because there's truth in some things and there's falsehood in some things. And so being willing to call that out. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, what we've been trying to do is help uh, the leaders that meet in our house once a month locally. Carl was talking about sometimes he's in Chattanooga, sometimes he's all over the place. When we are local, uh, we're developing leaders who are able to take a slice, take the slice of truth off of both sides or several sides of each argument, but mm -hmm. still be able to, um, to hit a fly at, you know, 600 paces and knock the wings off and say, that's falsehood, right? Mm. And so we've been trying to feed those voices, encourage those voices, elevate those voices. Um, you know, there is, you know, Jesus was interested in social action. He was, you know, he was interested in people uh, flourishing um, and being delivered from uh, the bondage of the systems, uh, the Roman system of the systems of the day that kept people in, um, in uh, uh, oppression or in poverty or in, uh, you know, uh, subjugate places where they were there, the image of God in them was being denied. And in, in doing that, he was also living, breathing and being the gospel to them at the same time and mm -hmm. moving them not just from the image of God, but fulfilling the image of Christ in them as they believed in him. So we believe that they both go together. We believe, I believe, I think we believe that um, it happens probably most strongly on the local level. Mm -hmm. We're very strong believers in the power of the local church. Uh, and so we want to feed and equip those leaders. Um, and we want to create a conversation that moves those folks, whether they are white, black, Hispanic, Asian, uh, whether they're working in, in the urban centers or if they're working in um, 
in rural communities or if they're working on First Nations, with First Nations populations, we want to see those folks unified uh, and find the good that they're doing and find the commonalities that they're bringing out um, among themselves and foster those things and fan those things into flame. Mm. Wow. You want to go to a movie? Sure, I'll go to a movie. <laughs> I like wow. the way you think. Oh, great, great, great. I'll just be transcendent. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with everything Karen said. Uh, I think that uh, the problem is, you know, when we say, uh, just preach the gospel mm -hmm. <laughs> that that presupposes that the gospel we think is the gospel mm -hmm. is the gospel in the bible right and uh and i look at the gospel in the bible and i see like for example when jesus goes to his home synagogue you know and he and he stands up and uh and and, and reads that text out of isaiah 61 uh, i kind of look at that passage as the litmus paper the, the litmus test for uh the validity of our, our of our gospel if it does not if it is not good news good news to the poor if it does not release the captives if, if it does not uh, find mm -hmm. the brokenhearted etc 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 if it doesn't include all of that stuff then it's, it's not it doesn't measure up to the gospel that's found in the Bible mm -hmm. now we we have part of it I mean you know people think that the gospel is just getting your uh, your your ticket from hell to heaven or something like that right. or I, I call it private fire insurance. Well, certainly, absolutely, absolutely, private fire insurance is a part of the gospel. Hey, I thank God for the fact that I, you know, I got my ticket from hell to heaven. So that's great. But at the same time, the gospel, uh, the gospel, uh, covers so much more than that. So right. I think one of the things that hinges that that this con for us that the conversation hinges around is whether or not there's a transformational element, whether or right. not Right. Your mm -hmm. meeting mm -hmm. Christ causes a transformation in your life that that is that creates transformed communities that creates. You know, we know so many people on the ground who are creating these kinds of communities of character that are operating differently from political systems. They're operating differently from cultural systems. And they are creating these communities that people look into and they say, wait a minute. Y'all are doing stuff different and your people are different. What, what is it about you that I want to be? I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be mm -hmm. a part of that. And then you have that, uh, that opportunity to bring them into these strong communities that are life transforming. They should be life transforming. Um, a lot of times when we're playing one side or the other, there's no request for transformation. Right. right. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a holistic approach, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, one of the one of the uh, criticisms I have of, of a lot of my friends out there is that what they try to do is they try to cover all this these uh, the the this holistic approach to the gospel. They try to cover it by piecing together bits of, from secular ideology or politics or whatever, and they put all that together in kind of a a, a dumpster approach to. Uh, uh, to 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 uh, speaking and all that, but mm. what we have to do, we have to rediscover the fact that the Bible itself is far more radical, far more comprehensive than any of that ideology. Mm -hmm. The problem is that we've become theologically lazy. We 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 don't do theology; we just study theology. We need to learn how to do theology, do theology around the concern concerns 
both cultural and social and whatnot that we have today. And, uh, and, and we've got to keep all that in balance because we have to make sure that we cover the whole nine yards, the whole, the whole, uh, uh, you know, the whole uh, aspect of what the gospel really is in the Bible. Wow. Really good. Wow. Thank you guys. That, that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're coming up on the end of our time. I see right now I got to have you guys back because I still got stuff swimming around in my head and I, I try to be faithful to time. Uh, so we'll definitely have to reschedule that um, real quick. Weeds. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of restricted. Uh, uh, got got to pick up my teenager. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotta, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But yeah. So, um, uh, my last, I guess, kind of fun question, and you can answer them kind of quick, so we, we don't prolong it. Um, mm-hmm. I'll I'll ask it one time. You both give me an answer, and then I got two of them. So the first one is, what kind of music do y'all listen to? Oh wow. <laughs> I love jazz. Ah. I love blues. Nice. Good deal. All right. Um, What books are you currently reading? I just finished um, Olivia Albert's, uh, Octavia, sorry, Octavia Albert's um, House of Bondage. Mm. And she's considered one of the best ethnographers. She's a former slave. Her book was published in 1891. And she went to the University of Atlanta shortly after she was emancipated in 1865. And it's an account of all of the, uh, of, of as many stories as she could collect in Louisiana. They chose seven of the best of them, of people, former slaves, and they're talking about how Jesus brought them through. Ooh, it's Amen. something. Amen. Wow. Well, um, of course, I, I could speak for Karen about this. Uh, we both read the Bible. That's probably the <laughs> right, but the, Book of Acts. That's right. That's right. The one, uh, the one I'm reading now is uh, kind of working my way through. It's called "The Road to Serfdom." Uh, I can't think of the, I can't remember the name of the author right now. But anyway, that's, that's the book, and it's very interesting. It says how Western civilization has uh, fallen into kind of a mentality that kind of leads us all to not think critically and whatnot. And we are on our way to having, uh, uh, if we don't think critically. We don't get these things together. Then pretty soon we're going to be a society that's led around by the nose, and that's mm. kind of what he. Nice, nice, awesome, wow. Well, you guys, so so much appreciated. Um, we're going to wrap it up here. I'm going to give you the opportunity to uh, any last words that you want to say to my listeners. Any announcements? Just keep in mind this is November, uh, and anything you want to say in this space, and we'll get out of here. All right. Well, the word of God is more than sufficient to address all the concerns that we have. And we, our problem is that we haven't been good stewards of it. So let's be better stewards of it and really get out and apply it wherever it's appropriate. Amen. 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 Good stuff. Good stuff. Wow. Well, thank you guys again. Appreciate you listeners for tuning in to the bar where we are biblical and reform. We have the Ellis's and it has been my pleasure that bringing them to you guys. Make sure you follow them on Twitter and all that good stuff. I'll make sure I post their links uh, in the bio and also the blog. I, 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 another good resource um, we'll have in the show notes as well. Uh, to the listeners, make sure you go to the website, thebarpodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook, The Bar Podcast, Twitter, and Instagram, The Bar underscore podcast. And we out of here, y'all. God bless.
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there